Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88,000. Today I want to talk to you about a huge subject, and honestly, this subject is a key component in how much you will receive from God, but also in what you will receive from other people. Uh, It may not feel like it's that important of a subject, but it is, and it is the subject of honor. Can everybody say honor? At the height of Jesus's ministry, he is traveling through a lot of different regions, and in some areas, the Bible says he healed all the sick. I mean, can you imagine that? It'd be like Jesus just decides he's going to walk through one of our hospitals, and by that afternoon, everybody's out of a job because he heals everybody there. But then it says he goes back to his hometown. And he's supposed to be like the hometown hero, you would think. But it says that when he went to his hometown, he could do no miracles there. The Son of God, God in the flesh, who operates in the supernatural, couldn't do miracles in his hometown. And the reason why was because there was no honor in that place. They didn't honor him. They had an attitude that that's just Jesus. We know him. We grew up with him. He could do no miracles. I would say this. When there is a lack of honor, there will be a lack of the supernatural. Honor means to value, to give worth, to make something weighty. Like who you are and what you do carries weight with me. It's important to me. And there was none of that in his hometown. They kind of had this attitude like, well, bless us if you can, Jesus, but we don't really value you. We don't honor you. I get this question a lot. Why don't we see more miracles? Like we hear about miracles from time to time. Some of you have even experienced a miracle, but, but certainly not to the degree or frequency that maybe we hear about things happening in other countries. Certainly not like we heard about reading God's word. Why is that? Well, I, I don't know the answers to all of that, but I do think one of the answers is a lack of honor, specifically in our culture, a lack of honor in America. We have such a lack of honor in our culture, I think it hinders God from doing what he actually really wants to do in our midst. So where has the honor gone? Because I don't think this has always been the case. 
I definitely think there's been times in our history as a nation where we had a lot more honor, a lot more honor. Where's it gone? The Bible makes it very clear that we should honor those who are in our lives, specifically around our family. He says that honor is a stable factor and foundation to build a healthy family on. The Bible is very specific about this. It says, honor your parents. That's the fifth commandment. We're also to honor people in authority, like in government, those in law enforcement, those in the military. We're to respect church leaders, even if they're LSU fans, like we, we, still, we still have to respect them. The Bible says that wives are to respect and reverence their husbands. Talks about that in Ephesians. But then in 1 Peter, it says that husbands are to respect and reverence their wives. And just in case you think that maybe God left someone out, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, show proper respect to everyone. So honor, this, this idea, it isn't meant to be something that you give up, that you give down and from side to side. That's how honor should be looked at. In Romans 12, 9, it says this, don't, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is a big thing to God. One thing that you will see time and time again in scripture is when there's limited honor, there will always be limited blessing. That's why with our kids, we are teaching them the importance of honor, respect, manners. Like we are drilling in on yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. That's not a Southern thing. That's an honor thing. It drives me crazy when we ask our kids or call their names and they're like, yeah, does that just irk anybody else in the house? Does it irk anybody when your kids are like, yeah, <laughs> okay, whatever. <sighs> but it's a lot more than just how they're treating us. It's because I know that if there's an attitude of that in the home, it's amplified everywhere else they are. And I want my kids to be blessed. And here's the thing. We can all say that we don't have a favorite kid, but you are all liars. You have a favorite kid. Every family has a favorite kid. And I would venture to say that that favorite child is the one that is the most honorable. It's the one that's the most thankful for sure. Like, the kid that is the most thankful and respectful and honor, honorable in our home, I will hook them up. I tell people this jokingly, but it's honestly the truth. People ask us, hey, what sports and stuff are your kids in? I say, well, we let our favorite child do a sport. And the rest of the kids have to compete for that spot. And the rest of the kids don't get to do sports until they are the favorite child. <laughs> and I say it jokingly, but it's kind of the truth. I mean, it really is. Honor is a huge deal. It motivates us to bless. 
I love all my kids equally, but differently. And it manifests itself differently based on which one of them I feel like honors us. And I know it's the same in your house. I think honoring is important. So I think it's time to bring it back. The truth is this, we may not be able to turn the tide in our nation, but we don't have a chance in our nation if we don't at least get honor right in our homes, in his house, and with the body of Christ. If we don't start there, it doesn't matter how much complaining we do about the, 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 where our nation's at, if we don't understand how to honor in the very premise of how God taught us to honor. Why do we honor? Because everybody is created by God. Psalm 8.5 says, you, talking about God, made man inferior only to yourself. You crowned him with glory and honor. Everybody is created by God and God doesn't make junk. There are no worthless people. There are just people who do worthless things. And people who do wrong things don't lose value to God. Even the most unlovable person is loved and valued by God. Even the people that get on your nerves the most in life, God loves just as much as he loves you. But in order to process this, I made a list of the people that irritate me the most in life. People who can't drive. The problem with this is you don't know who you are. And that is why it is so frustrating for everyone else. There are multiple examples. I think I've been quite open and honest and vulnerable about the annoyances that I have with some people's driving capabilities. But just one example, you understand that when you enter into a parking lot and there are parking spaces that are lined out a certain way, that actually dictates the direction that you drive down that row. When you drive the wrong way down a parking row, you are partnering with Satan to steal people's peace, joy, and tranquility. That's a little heavy-handed maybe, uh, but that just, it just bothers me. I could go on and on about people's driving, but I'll just leave that one. Some other things, noisy eaters. People that eat like chickmunks. They take little bites, they just rotate, they never close their lips. These are meant to be a sound minimizer. That's, they're not just so you can run your mouth. They're also to protect everyone else around you from having to hear the nastiness that happens in your mouth. Noisy eaters. Ooh, I've got a couple of kids. They just, they think it's the greatest thing ever to take like a, a, a pretzel and eat around the outside edges of it slowly but surely, or, or just like a tortilla chip. 
Oh, oh. Or people just don't, they just smack their lips the whole time. Noisy eaters. People who um, have, people who just play music out loud on their phone as they're walking around. Or watch videos without headphones. Or put a phone call on speaker as they're walking around. <laughs> You're just like, what? <laughs> Especially when they're going on and on about stuff that should not be communicated to everyone. People who cuss around kids, that really bugs me. Really bugs me. Uh, just poor customer service in general, that bothers me. Uh, along that lines, I hate talking to machines. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Because I don't know who programmed those machines. I don't feel like they understand English. Like, I don't have an accent. I communicate fairly clearly, and they still don't understand me. So just a few of those things. God loves and values all those people just as much as he loves and values me. And he honors them the same way he honors me. Why do we honor? Because Jesus died for everyone. It says in the word, God paid a ransom to save you, paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. I think the problem is we just don't consider others enough. And the only time we are considering others is when we are worried about what others think, but not valuing them just their opinion because of how it can affect us. We live in a culture where we are so consumed and fearful about what people think about us. One example, I bet all of you, unless you're not on social media at all, and if you're not, you are amazing. I think it's incredible. I wish I didn't have to be on social media most of the time, but I use it to pastor people and to encourage people and to take digs at people around sports and stuff like that. You know, it's every once in a while. But here's what I know, I know this. When you post something, don't tell me you make a post and then you just set your phone down for about six to eight hours. You make a post and you're going back on there like, what do people think about my post? Are people liking it, not liking it? Did I offend somebody? Some of us, and I've been here, so I can speak to this. Some of us are so consumed with what other people think that when we walk into a room, we are absolutely gripped with so much insecurity and fear that it keeps us from operating the way that God created us to operate. And so I just wanna tell you, for anybody who feels that way, who's gripped with that insecurity and pride, I just want you to know we are not thinking about you. We're not. We all have pretty limited capability to think about stuff. We're not thinking about you. We're not. But you don't need to worry about it. You only need to worry about what God thinks about you. That's all that matters. All that matters. It says in Philippians 2, 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. So you may not think much about somebody, but God does. In fact, he says they're worth dying for. The cross shows how much people 
matter to God. God says, I died for people, even people who don't believe in him. He died for them. Even people who reject him, he died for them. Even people who choose to disobey him, he still died for them because they are people of worth and people of value. And this is where it gets tough for some of us. Even the most cynical atheist or agnostic or someone in your family who mocks you for your faith and questions everything you believe and treats you like you're not an intellectual, Jesus died for them. He values them. He gave huge worth. That's what honor is. He gave huge worth to them. We honor because it shows we have a relationship with God. The Bible says God is love. And if I know God, then I'm going to fill my life with love. 1 John 4, 8 says this. If a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God, for God is love. Love always treats people with honor. Godly love always treats people with honor. It treats people like they have value. But this is what I have found. Honor has a tendency to leak more quickly with the people that are closest to us. Like when you got married, or when you were dating your spouse, engaged, Early on, you're just enraptured by them, hanging on every word, you know? Like I'd be sitting there listening to Cody's talk and, and she'd finish and I'd say, can you repeat that? And she'll be like, what part? I'll be like, the whole thing. But how many of y'all know things change? Some of us have gotten to the point in our marriage where we wish the same remote control that fast forwards our DVR could somehow fast forward some of those conversations. Like, can we just get past the commercials and get to the highlights of what I really need to hear? Because we stop honoring as much. The value and weightiness of every conversation and everything that happens can lose. Honor leaks with the people that we're closest to. This is something we're fighting for in our family. When we sit down at night and we eat dinner, almost every night we eat dinner together around a table. We do highs and lows from the day and every person goes around. I'll tell you what, it is a fight sometimes to get every kid to stay engaged with what their siblings are saying. To honor them, to not discount or devalue something they're saying or make fun of something they're saying but to value that every person's perspective is their reality from their day. Whether we think it's a big deal or not, whether we think it's that difficult or not, we're gonna value each other. And we fight for that. It's not what you believe or what you say, you believe that matters as much as your behavior. how you treat. I think the number one test of my faith will always be in my relationships with other people. And a lot of times that's with the people that are closest with me first. Matthew 25 talks about the judgment throne and it says that one of the ways that we will be judged is how we treat people and more specifically how we treat difficult people. 
how we love and honor difficult people. Why do we honor? Because we get back whatever we give out. So you can see how this plays out in scripture, this promise of honor. In Exodus 20, 12, it says, honor your father and mother that you will live long, a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So growing up, there are definitely points in my life where I thought this meant you better shut your smart aleck mo- mouth or your mama gonna knock you out. Like <laughs> that was my, I was like, I, I don't wanna feel the wrath of my parents if I'm not honoring and respecting them. How many of you ever had this threat given to you? I will slap you into next week. Anybody ever have that threat before? Our parents' discipline was so powerful, it achieved time travel. (laughs) Amazing. But really, what it's saying is, the biblical term for dishonor is to just It's not just disrespect. Dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. It's not just blatant acts of disobedience or disrespect. It's where we're just saying there's just not value. It doesn't mean much. And I think that's why it's important that we have a posture of learning when we hear God's word. Give you an example. I've got this Bible. This Bible was given to me uh, when I graduated high school. And uh, so it's over 20 years old. I don't, it wasn't, didn't cost that much. It, it's pages are falling out. Paul's, Paul's journeys are falling out the back. Uh, the, the spine is coming off. Uh, I've got a lot of notes and highlights in here from from Bible school and missions trips and a lot of things like that. But here's, here's the question. What's the value of this Bible? And, and I think it's important that you don't just give the spiritual answer. But can you give the genuine, real answer? It's invaluable. It's the inherent, infallible word of God, and it should be honored. It should be given weightiness, not the physical, but the content, what God is communicating through it. If you honor God's word, you will receive from it. There have been times when I've gone through reading programs and reading schedules in my Bible and all I was doing was making a checklist but not getting anything from it. That's because it was common. It was a routine, but I wasn't honoring it. But when I have made the effort to slow down and genuinely ask the Lord, to reveal himself to me through his word. I've received from his word. So students, you want to be intelligent? Honor your teachers. You will get what you give. Honor authority. 
honor at home. You want miracles in your home? You want God to move in supernatural ways? There needs to be some honor there. Honor at church. Honor the presence of God. Don't be quick to rush out of this place while people are making eternal decisions about their relationship with God. Honor his presence. Honor what he's trying to do. Honor the people around you to understand that even if he's not necessarily moving specifically with you at that moment, that he may be moving in someone else. And it deserves honor. Respect. And this is huge because we have people who go through hell all week. And then Sunday morning comes and the devil comes to their house and he wrestles with them before they ever hit the front door of their home. And they're just trying, they're just trying to get to church. I wouldn't say that their motive is always even that right. I mean, a lot of times it's just because that's what we do. I've seen families, though, I've been out here in the foyer, and I've seen families get out of their cars. A couple weeks ago, I watched a family get out of their car, and it was just like the scene of, of honestly, so many of the families. I'm sure what it's like. The, the doors open, sippy cups all over the place, <laughs> falling out the doors, right? And, and they're juggling kids, and kids are screaming at each other, and and the kids, the parents are rebuking their kids for fighting. And you hear like lines like, you're not going to do this at church. You stop it right now. We're going to church. Cut out. Stop it. They don't know I'm watching them. But I'm laughing and praying for them. When they finally get up to the door and I open the door and I say, welcome to church. They're like, praise Jesus, we made it. <laughs> So that's happening in people's hearts too, though, you know. You never know what people are dealing with around you. But what I do know is this, a moment in the presence of God can change everything. And I just want his presence desperately. I want you to know I'm gonna get his presence whether it's here or not. But I would prefer to experience his presence with my church family. And I know that I'll experience more of his presence with you the more honor there is. The more we are honoring, starting at our homes with our spouses, our families, the more we honor his presence. I want this to be a place where when people walk in, his presence is here. What if this could be a place where we're constantly just honoring up to Jesus, but then also honoring to the people that are around us, honoring our kids and honoring the next generation, not just being annoyed because they're growing up in a different culture and with different inputs than what we were, but honor, value, bring weightiness to it. 
think this could be a place where even if the devil is fighting us every mile to get here, that if we could get here, it would change everything. We'd step into an environment where the enemy's work is broken, people are set free, where the miraculous could happen. I think that's what God's calling us to do and be. So we're gonna do something a little different today. And I wanna explain some of that here in a second. But first, I wanna give an opportunity for salvation. We do this every week. There has not been one week in the 18 years that I've been a part of New Life Church at any campus I've been to, but certainly for the last almost 11 years that I've been here at this church, there has not been one week where at least one person didn't get saved in a service. And I think that it is important to honor the value of souls. And so there may be somebody in this room that you need to make a decision. If you're honest, you know in your heart that you are away from God. You're away from him. You have no peace, no joy, no confidence about where you would go if you died today. Maybe there's some of you that you feel like you had that at one point or another, but you don't have it right now. You're just away from him. You need him. And so I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him. And I think it's going to take a little boldness. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. I will say, though, being a Christian is kind of weird. God asks us to do weird stuff sometimes. Just read the New Testament. Read about what it was like when the Holy Spirit fell. There were some weird things, but I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I know that God can meet you right where you're at. And so if you've been around here, you know how this goes here in a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna ask that if someone knows they know they are away from God and they know they need to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I'm gonna ask them just to confess that by raising their hand. And here's the thing. No, raising your hand is not what gets you saved. There isn't an action or work that gets you saved. It's the condition of your heart. But when you pair an action in faith with the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you're feeling in your heart, the way God designed us as humans is when those things come together, it releases something inside of us to get even more from God. That's the reason why I do it. I do it because in my own life, I know when I've taken a physical act of my own free will to get closer to God, he moves. He moves. And he'll do it if you just do it in your heart. But sometimes it's more for you. That boldness. I need Jesus. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here and you know you need him, you're away from him, you're willing to confess that you need a savior and a Lord. Nobody's looking around. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up right now with boldness across this room. I need Jesus. I'm away from him. 
Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Praise God. Got you, buddy. Yes, sir. Anybody else? I need a Savior. I'm away from Jesus. Yes, ma'am. I got you here to my right. As soon as I see you, you, don't, you can keep your hand up if you want to, but you don't have to. Anyone else? I need a Savior. I got you there at the back. Yes, sir. Father, I thank you so much for how you honor and love and value every one of us, including the people that just raised their hand. You've never loved them any more, any less. And I thank you that right now, all they're doing is recognizing that and accepting that. So if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you can be saved. So the confession part is really just God knows that until you make this decision public, you're a little bit vulnerable. You're vulnerable to your own thoughts. You're vulnerable to the enemy. And so you going public with this decision is important because it'll give you strength when the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ are there to help you and support you. And I'd encourage you to do that as soon as you can. Maybe as soon as the service is over, tell somebody. Get water baptized as soon as you can. But right there in your chair, as loud as you need to hear it or just in your own heart, you just say this, say, Jesus, I need you. I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that I need a savior. I believe that you died for me on the cross as the perfect sacrifice for my sin. And I believe that you rose from the grave. When you rose from the grave, you defeated my sin, past, present, future. You defeated death itself so that I have the hope of heaven. And I'm excited and I'm thankful for that, but also know that you died so that I could have a purpose here now. And I know the only way I can fulfill my purpose you have to be in charge. So I surrender to you as my Lord. I give you control. Take the reins of my life. I want to live for you, not for myself, not for the world, for you. I give you my life, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the hope that I now have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.